Calling all animal lovers, calling all animal lovers. It's your boy, Tommy D, coming at you. You know where from my attic, as always, every day of the week I'm in the attic. That's Val, that's Joby, that's Sonny in the corner, that's Sybil on the desk over there. So if you're checking in on Facebook, we got animals everywhere, animals galore. Sybil is uh, is Sonny's cat, and there's another cat, and there's a whole bunch of cats. We're going to talk about that in a second. You know Jovi, that's our mascot. I thought I was the mascot, to be honest with you, but all right, fine. Jovi's the mascot. Jovi, what's up, dog? How you doing? Hi, everybody. <laughs> that's a funny voice. Now, I saw your lips moving, so I know that was you. I know that wasn't Jovi talking. <laughs> Here we are. The silliness ensues. This is your professional animal lover show. That is my Long Island Railroad train cruising past my house. In case you didn't hear, that's the train. All right. So listen, here's the deal. Every single week we come to you on Wednesday afternoon at 2 p.m. to tell stories, to bring thought leaders, to bring people who are on the leading edge, cutting edge of animal advocacy, who are doing their part to protect those who can't. Sort of giving a voice to the voiceless. Wink, wink, value. You can tell us what that means. But every single week, we're going to come together, have this conversation. We believe that this community is strong. We believe that the bond between animal lovers is just as strong as the bond between a pet and their human companion. So listen, what we're going to do, we're going to jump right into today's conversation. Um, Valerie, tell me, you know, tell me about this show. Come on. I mean, I know about the show, but tell other people about this show. What does this mean to you? Why did this happen? Yeah. I would love to. And I realized that we're on the, uh, I think, 11th episode. And somehow I failed to mention that this show is really a derivative of an event that um, I put together maybe five years ago, roughly. I'm ballparking it four years ago, something like that. And so what happened was I used to run business networking events. As you know, Tommy Demisa, that's how we met. And a lot of times I would do a niche, um, like industry specific event. So we did a lot with real estate. Uh, we did some women in business. I would call that like professionistas. We did um, health and wellness once or twice. Uh, we did legal, legal eagles, you know, all about networking within a niche. Well, one day I did an event where it came out that one of my clients um, who's now a friend and actually also our accountant, uh, was very shy. And he wanted to be more extroverted and outgoing. This came out in a conversation we had. So I built an event around him where on the name tag, instead of putting your name and like what you do for a living, so instead of saying, um, you know, Tommy Health Insurance, it, it would say... Um, let's say, uh, baking and dogs. In, in his case, it was surfing and dogs. And the guy was like, he had the best networking experience because it was easy for him. Everyone came up to him. They're talking surfing. People are asking him questions. And then, of course, people are talking about their dogs and they're showing pictures. Everyone's showing pictures of their pets on their phones. And the bonds were instant. And he came up to me afterwards and he goes, thank you. This was awesome for me. All I did was talk about what I love. And then at the end of the conversation, that, that's when people say, by the way, what do you do? And that's when that, because they already care about the person. So we decided to kind of, I've been talking about this for a while. And um, we did a couple of pet loving professionals events. A lot of business relationships were established through those. And this is just the next level of that. This is just trying to garner attention. I don't care what anyone does. I don't care if you're a funeral director. If you are an animal lover and I'm choosing, you know, one funeral director over another, <laughs> I want to go with the people that's, who love animals. That's fine. But you know what? That freaks me out a little bit with that whole Pet cemetery movie with the, you know, the haunting movie with Stephen King. And now you're freaking me out. You know what's okay, though? The sun is out. I'm okay. But I'm going to be scared later on when I listen to this Let's show. Go Let's go with pizza. So if if there's two great pizzerias and one of them is someone who stands up for the animals and like a Reno who I actually met at an anti-puppy mill demonstration, I want to give my business to that pizzeria. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. I do. And for, shout out to Reno Di Maria, who was our first guest on this particular show. 
as I say, this is not Valerie and Tommy's show. This is your professional and animal lover show. Reno is on the show. And by the way, check out my T-shirt if you're checking us out on Facebook. Camp Happy Tales NYC Rescue, if you can't see the bottom. I usually wear a shirt and tie like all the time, even if I have shorts or even if I have a bathing suit on. Sometimes I have a shirt and tie. That's an that's a whole nother thing you can talk to me about some other time. But when you you know, speaking of that though, you talk about professionistas, Valerie. I'm a maxinista. Do you know what that is? <laughs> I shop. At, I shop at TJ Maxx, so they call you when you stop there that you're a Maxinista. So as you were talking about Maxinista, right away my mind goes to the fact that I love TJ Maxx. Shout out TJ Maxx. I don't even know if there is a real person TJ Maxx, but if there is, thank you for everything you do. That's a joke. All right, but here's the deal. I wanted to call out the T-shirt. I want to call out that funny joke about TJ Maxx. We did all that. Check, check. Good job, Tommy D. This show is about spotlighting those who are serving the animal community. I talked about the bond. I talked about that connection. Uh, Val, your company is giving back. So this this organization, this show and everything we're doing here, this mission that we're on, Professionals and Animal Lovers show, but the whole mission is really supported by Philanthropy and Focus, which is what I do, and your company. Tell us about it real quick, and then we'll get moving. So our company, Work Be Done, is a relatively new um, gig and marketplace company where you can sign up and get people to come to your house and help you with odd jobs and skillless labor. We're donating 10% of net profits back to local reputable rescues, shelters, and animal advocacy groups. And I have to mention our fabulous website designer. Um, It took us, it was like a lot of development, a lot of coding, and a lot of, um, this is a complex website. You should check it out at um, workbedone.com. And our fabulous website designer, V Sky Solutions, is also one of our sponsors. Awesome. Thank you. That's my comrade, my buddy, my pal, Val. <laughs> I didn't get to do that up front, so I wanted to do it again. All right. This is enough playtime, Tommy D. Cut it out. Let's get to the show. You didn't come here to hear us pontificate. Well, maybe you did. If you did, we have we could do another show where I just talk for days. Here's what we're going to do. I want to introduce our guest first before I even introduce him. Sonny, you look sharp. So if you guys are not watching us on Facebook, this guy's three-piece suit right now. I'm feeling a little underdressed. Who knows? I might change my wardrobe later on. But Sonny Nardoni, which I appreciate you pronouncing it because I was going to go Nardone. So when I heard you say Nardoni, I wanted to make sure like Corleone or Corleone. So (laughs) welcome to the Professionals and Animal Lovers show. How are you? Outstanding. Uh, and to be honest, I've been called worse, but I think it just depends on which part of Italy your family's from, whether it's Nardone or Nardoni. Yeah, my family's from Long Island, Italy. That's where we're from. <laughs> I got I got you. I got you. Well, thanks, thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. We're thrilled to have you here. I'm going to read a little bit of your background real quick. I'm worried about this, too, man. I'm, I'm worrying a lot. First, the whole thing about Pet Cemetery. Now, when I tell you what Sonny does... I'm afraid I'm not even going to be here for the rest of the show. He's a comedy stage hypnotist. I'm wondering if I'm going to start clucking like a chicken and John DiLonardo, our old friend, might pick me up and and save me. Uh, What? Hold on. I heard him snap his fingers. (laughs) Comedy stage hypnotist, uh, artist in in carving skulls, author of books on reading body language. His family's mission is to help homeless pets in creating a coffee company that gives back. The name of the coffee company, shout out, check out the website petrescuecoffee.com. I was looking at it earlier. Sonny, we want I mean, we met Sybil before, you know, right, right up front. We met Sybil in the green room. I know there's another cat in the house. First of all, tell us about yourself, man. I mean, this is, I, I, I know some more of the stories that we shared earlier, but just get us in there, man. Let us know what's going on. Well, uh, so the whole pet rescue, uh, I guess, portion of my life started just as a kid, we kind of, um, we lived in we had about, about five acres and I was always taking in, uh, homeless animals and, uh, much to my parents chagrin who had to pay the vet bills, uh, which is another reason why we started pet rescue coffee. Um, but it just, anything that happened to wander in and was friendly, uh, usually wind up staying in our garage at some point and getting cleaned up and, that's how we got cats. That's how we got dogs. Um, and it, that's pretty much the start of it. Um, and then when we moved into this house in Virginia that we're um, in right now, we started to see uh, just feral cats. Uh, 
And we had one cat that I was, I think, I guess our first rescue was Cedric. He's upstairs. Um, Sybil likes to stay downstairs. And uh, Cedric is a huge black cat. And it was right around uh, Halloween. And I told my wife, I said, look, we're going to have to grab him, uh, get a trap just because it's Halloween and I'm worried. And so uh, we trapped him and got him fixed. Hold on, sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but I do want you to elaborate because I, I don't know if enough people know about this. But can you just elaborate as to why you were worried about? Oh, sure. So uh, I guess there's a high incidence of black cats being harmed and abused and killed during uh, Halloween and that time of year. Um, and so he he was a very friendly cat. He would sit by the back door and and uh, we would feed him. But as soon as we would like make a motion to try to go and grab him, he would just run away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was friendly enough where, um, you know, I think he might get close enough to a human where if they meant to do him harm, they probably could. So uh, we got a live trap. We worked through an organization here called Save a Dog, Save a Cat. Um, and that their abbreviation is Sad Sack for short. <laughs> save a Dog, Save a Cat. If you look at save a Dog, Save a Cat, Woodbridge, Virginia, you'll find their website. It's also uh, our featured uh, on the website website. Uh, PetRescueCoffee.com. It's uh, on our featured uh, organization, so it'll be a link there. But you know what so I'll do? I'll, I'll show that stuff when we go to break, so the folks okay. can check it out. So I worked. I, we worked through them, and uh, they found us a, a vet clinic to take him to. They gave him all the shots and got him fixed, and uh, we brought him home. Um, and eventually, he just became part of the family. And then, so we started noticing more and more, of course. Um, everything from feral cats to raccoons and possums, uh, of which we did not adopt. But um, I was sitting out on the deck one day, and Sybil, oh, as a kitten, just walked up and and sat on my lap. Oh, she's you know, a long cat. Yeah, but she's long- not only that, Val. I noticed it before we got started. She's a big cat. Like mm-hmm. I mean, like if you show her body, I mean, I've seen cats, but. I mean, I, what's that cat? What, what, no offense, Sybil. What? She was a skinny, skinny little, uh, uh, skinny, skinny little kitten. And uh, when she came inside, she yeah, she just blossomed. blossomed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't mean, and Val, it's not a weight thing. She's large. She's a large cat. You're making this like I'm. No, I thought it was. Said, you said show her body, and I said, it's "Oh, not stop! Kind of it's body. not that kind of show." Oh, stop. <laughs> clean it, now clean it up. All right, this is not. This is a family show. You're trying. You're just because you're thinking dirty things it doesn't mean that's what we're talking about. <laughs> no, but I'm. I want to. So I want to understand this because my grandfather, uh, my, I, I think I've referenced him on this show before. Um, Papa, my Papa, my dad's father, mm-hmm. he would always have these cats, like, but they weren't like family cats. He, I know there was this one cat, Buffy, was always, there was a Buffy for like 20 years. So I don't think it was the same Buffy, to be honest with you, but that's a whole nother deal. But I, I'm interested because like, I've never fed animals that are like in the neighborhood. Although I did mm-hmm. see a bunch of raccoons in my garbage pail the other night, but that was not intentional. They decided to eat the garbage. I wasn't feeding them. But th- these animals, even if they never come in the house, Val, you, you can weigh in here, too. They've kind of become your pets. Like, they're oh, not, right? So they're sort of like the outdoor, right? Tell me about that. Oh, yeah. I named all of the ferals that were showing up in my old neighborhood. And, uh, you know, you really get to know them. I had, I had Groucho, who just had this, like, black and white kind of bug-eyed expression all the time and Shaq was the biggest cat I've ever seen. Doc? A few Stogie, Smokey, I forgot the other one, it was cigar related, you know, <laughs> but you know, the, you definitely get to know them and you get worried when they don't show up for food because what animal doesn't rely on having a regular stable food source? Right, if they know there's, we're going to go to a break right now, but if, we, if they know there's a meal going to be there, you would think they'd show up. So the fact that they're not there is, is concern. And knowing my friend Valerie, I bet she went through the neighborhood looking for these animals when they didn't come to eat. Right. Yes. or Yes or no. Yeah. Yes. Pretty much. Yes. I got sure. it. 
it's, I'm not judging. I'm just making it. I'm, I was taking a guess. All right, look, this is Professionals and Animal Lovers Show. Sonny Nardoni is here. Sybil is here. Jovi's here. Val is here. Cedric is upstairs somewhere. I don't think we'll see him. He doesn't usually make it down to this part of the house. We'll be right back. Your professionals and animal lovers show. At the break, I'll show you Pet Rescue Coffee and I'll show you the Sad Sack website. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. This is Professionals and Animal Lovers Show, pals. That's what we like to call it. I'm Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector. That's Valerie Heffron, the um, animal advocate, my favorite animal advocate, the person who has exposed me to this entire world. I'm learning new acronyms like TNR. I was just looking at the website uh, for for SEDSAC, which is a great name for an organization. I showed it to you guys during the break. Um, Save a dog, save a cat. I got to tell you guys this, and then then I want to hear from Sonny really about you know, I see that barn or that garage filled with animals, all the animals like you collected, like uh, like nickels and dimes <laughs> that you walk through the neighborhood and collected these animals. And I know I have a son who's all about the dogs. So he's uh, I get I see it. I understand that. I saw something kind of terrible and sad the other day, yesterday, maybe on social media. And I didn't really think of it as terrible and sad ever before until I saw this last night. And I think I even sent it over to Valerie. It was a picture of a mouse. In a mouse trap, a snap trap. Awful. Did you see this trap? Did you see this thing that I sent it to you? I'm sorry, I didn't see it. But I, I get so upset over that. First of all, this happened in high school. Yeah. When I was in high school, I was playing volleyball and I was a junior. And, you know, you, you travel to other schools, you play your game, you come back. It's like six o'clock at night or whatever. As I will never forget this as long as I live. I found in like the edge of the gymnasium, a mouse alive, stuck in a glue trap. And I was like, so upset. I was crying. I I picked it up. The thing was like halfway done chewing its leg off. Tragic. So I like took a pen or whatever. And I, I dug around the glue, but I mean, this thing was mangled. And then I got into, I couldn't believe I did this. Like, I wasn't afraid of getting in trouble or suspended or whatever. I found out that it was the coach, like the phys ed teacher, who was like deathly afraid of mice. So she did it. And I went at her. I really did. I was like. But you're a kid. And you were like, I didn't know this was going to bring up. I did not care. Like, to me, that is just the cruelest thing. It's horrible the way that we go. There are humane ways to go about yeah. 
that's the idea too. Like that's the point of this, of this little text of this little like meme or whatever it is, but it was a picture of this mouse like in the trap. And it was like a, a little poem or a little excerpt of what that animal is thinking. And, and it's like, just tragically said, guess what? You know what? I've had mouse traps in my life, you know, whether it be in businesses, when I worked in the restaurant business, unfortunately, gangs, I hate to tell you, but sometimes rodents get into restaurants. Sorry, spoiler alert. If you never knew that, we never knew that one. Your house. It, and they do from time to time get into your home and they're not like, you know, like I say, like out here in the country, I call them country mice, you know, like they're not like city mice, like, you know, like country mice, they have like a pick, pick yeah. piece of straw hanging out of the mouth. They tip the cap to you as you're coming by. You know, all right, that's not none of that's true. But I think a lot of Speedy Gonzalez, remember Speedy Gonzalez and his company Slow Poke Gonzalez. We're totally off track, Valerie. So back to this though. There are humane ways to do this. There's humane ways to catch them in a in a live trap and let them go to the field and set them free. Anyway, you know great way to leverage nature is feral cats are a great you will never have a mouse in your house if you have a cat. If I have a, you're saying, but you mean an, even an outdoor or, cat? Just either, both, either, honestly. Just like when I went to a vineyard that I went, I went to high school with a woman who was living and uh, nurturing a vineyard. She was basically the vintner, okay? So she's in charge of all of the grapes and growing them and making sure they flourish. Do you know what they use? They don't use any pesticides. Please. And this is about her. She says, nature has all the solutions. Mm. The falconer. So the birds that normally come and eat all the grapes and cost the vineyards an incredible amount of money, which is one of the reasons why some wines are so high, they don't bother when there's a falcon or two flying because they're now they're the food. You understand? So anyway, I, I, I love the conversation, but I want to bring it back to the feral cats because, um, Sonny, I know that you have had several cats and um, I love the fact that like you thought about because, you know, a couple of people who have been in breeding. And I know that you thought about it for like a second, but you you decided not to, obviously. And I just wanted to ask you, well, I wanted to thank you, uh, but also wanted to ask you, like, how did you come about that decision? Well, um, I don't have any problem with anybody that would like to say, perhaps have a specific type of cat like or dog, like they find a specific breed really captivating. And that's great. <clears throat> But, um, and, and that was, that's what our, that's what our thing with us was what I wanted to breed, uh, Sphinx cats. And we do have a couple of Sphinx cats. And, um, when we got them, one of them got sick with FIP and then that was it, you know? And so I thought from that point, um, I thought, you know, I don't want to breed cats. It was a combination of a couple of things. I don't want to breed cats and then have this be a, a kitten, be part of somebody's life. And then I'm associated with that cat being sick and all the heartache that we went through watching that cat die slowly. And then, um, and then of course, at that point we started having more feral cats outside. And I said, you know, mm-hmm. there's no real reason we, we have what we need now. Let's just take care of what we have already, whether or not we asked for it. I mean, we didn't ask right. to have all these feral cats, but they're there and so they're, you know, so um, with when we worked with Sad Sack, we actually were able to trap seven, seven or nine cats and we got them all fixed. So the majority of the ferals, go ahead. Uh, no, that's fantastic that you did that because I read a stat recently that, I mean, one female cat can have two to three litters. They can have three litters a year. And if each litter has four to five kittens, let's say, on average, and then those kittens can get pregnant as soon as four to six months of age, just Mm -hmm. about how quickly that, you know, explodes. Um, Mm -hmm. But also, I wanted to ask you, because I'm I'm really torn on this, this specific definition of feral. The way I understand it to be is that a feral cat is a cat that will just never come close to a human. Like they won't Mm. let you, they won't let you touch. They won't let you around them. You know, they'll, they might come a little closer knowing that you're feeding them, but ultimately, you know, they would be a terrible house uh, pet. But then I see people 
that have converted, you know, they're like online, they show like progress. And yeah. I know for uh, my cat, Puffy, my cat, Puffy was an outdoor cat. She just showed up one day, like she got the memo in the neighborhood that we were putting food out. And uh, she already had the ear notch to signify that she was fixed. Well, after a year of feeding her consistently and she would get a little closer over time and she would come actually when I called, I would go puppy and shake the food and she'd come flying out of nowhere. Um, We had a big snowstorm and I got her to come inside and close the door behind her. Everyone that I knew who knows cats, these are people like involved with, you know, trapping, rescuing TNR. And they're like, she is going to rip your house apart. Why do they think that though? Why is that like, right? Why do they think she's just going to go bananas? Because in general, like feral cats don't like being without, uh, they don't like barriers. They don't like feeling like there's no way out. You know what I mean? So they're used to being outdoors, I guess. They're used to fending for themselves. Being confined in a place that's unfamiliar for them is supposedly, like, I always think of that scene from uh, Meet Meet the Parents, right? (laughs) With Robert De Niro and that cat that, uh, ben Stiller tried yeah, to Mr. fake. Jinx. Yeah, Mr. Jinx. Yeah, yeah. bringing the fake Mr. Jinx, like spray yeah. paint cell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he ripped apart the whole room and he shredded the wedding dress. That's yeah. like, I was bracing myself for that, you know. <laughs> but the truth is that um, I guess because she did know me over time outside, you know, she came around and now she's like the most loving cat. So I really struggle sometimes with when people say, oh, this cat's too feral, you know, it needs to be released back outside. I don't know if we're working with them enough. And I was wondering, Sonny, um, if you could shed some light on that with your experience. Well, I think there's a couple of problems. One, when we talk to rescue agencies or vet clinics or any of those places, they're all about the fast turnaround, trying to get your stuff that you're bringing into them and then finding them a suitable house. So they really only want kittens and even if they're as opposed to like this as a kitten even if they're like this like oh no they're they're too old i don't know if i can adopt them out so i think you have that perspective and then i think you have the instagram effect because i guarantee you there's probably well i guarantee and probably or don't go together but there's probably (laughs) not an account that says here is my journey with the cat that I was never able to get to adopt because it was so crazy and tore up and and peed and crapped all over my house. They're not going to be accounts that highlight those. They're only going to be accounts like from Dodo where it's like, I found this cat with one eye, one leg. His name is Lucky and I was able to adopt him and now he's a maestro at at a concert. So you're only going to see stories like those. Um, I think, honestly, I think if you had the time and didn't, I think you could probably domesticate one cat at a time. But as you know, when you start bringing multiple cats in, some of those cats now all of a sudden feel threatened and then they were maybe normal before, but now I've got to mark my territory and now I got to pee on stuff. And then just because this cat now is starting to mature and be friendly then it might upset the other cat. And unless you're like Jackson Galaxy, who's like the Zen master of cat behavior, you're going to have a difficult time. Um, but I think it's possible. I think any age cat is possible if you're patient enough and is in the right environment. Yeah, I just really wonder because I, I feel so badly. I know that it's such a stressful life, the outdoor life between the elements, predators, mm-hmm. lack of food fighting amongst other, you know, cats or whatever, and um, and then getting run over by cars. And I mean, there's just so many, they have a shortened lifespan because of it. And I just wonder if we're not giving up on a lot of them a little too quickly. Uh, I, I think it, I think it's possible to have a domesticated feral cat. I think all of them could be, I just think it has to be the right environment. And yeah. where I want to take all of them in, I might not be the right person. And I have to be strong enough to say, you know what, I'm not the right person for this. Maybe we can find somebody who can, you know, yeah. hold on to them for a while to do that. But, you guys know of any organizations that I, I just sort of vision as you guys are talking about this, where it's like maybe somebody's got like a half acre of land or something like that. And they have like one building, but maybe the building can be like have a 
cat door where they can go in and out or whatever, but where you just put like hundreds of these cats that, you know, where there's like a caretaker, I'm allergic, so I can't do it, but I'm, I'm wondering though, I'm being, I'm being silly about the allergy thing, but I'm wondering if there's like a, there's a, there's an opportunity there. I, I have, the, I happen to have the opportunity this afternoon to go do a day of service and I got to see a, um, you know, um, a shelter for veterans and not by no means is this the same. Am I making a comparison? Although I guess by bringing it up, I'm making a comparison, but I'm just wondering like some sort of big old shelter that we can have for these animals. And we have like 30 seconds. So start to tell me about it and then we'll go to break. Well, they do exist, but it's, it's rather controversial. They're considered to be sanctuaries. And I guess um, I can get into it a little more when we do come back from break. Let's do that because I'm sure Sonny wants to weigh in on that too. Um, this is Tommy D. That's Valerie. That's Sonny. That's Sybil. Joby was here before. A lot of, lot of, a lot of characters on the show today. We'll be back in 90 seconds, pals. It's Joby. Howdy, boy. Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on TalkRadio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. You know, I remember, um, I think it was Janet Jackson had a wardrobe malfunction way back when in the Super Bowl a bunch of years ago. This is Tommy D, by the way. This is Pals, a professionals and animal lovers show. And not to be outdone by the sharp dress of my boy, my friend, Sonny Nardoni. I changed T-shirts, gang. I'll straighten out my uh, tuxedo T-shirt tie. Do I need a little more attention? Apparently, I do. As That's I- it. I'm going to take my tie oh, off. You now. can't do that. Oh, wardrobe malfunction. Now I can't keep up with you. You move too fast. <laughs> I, I, time I, I, don't know what, Val, I don't know what you I'm so <laughs> He totally pulled an audible on me. I'm completely confused. We have, one, we have one more segment. Maybe I'll find another T-shirt. I don't know what's going to happen. This is the professionals and animal lovers circus. But the, no animals in this circus, though. The, I'm not. I'm, I'm mincing my my things now. Oh God, John Leonardo is going to kill me. John, no elephants in this circus. Just people in this circus. No animals were harmed in the making of this program today. Val, say something so I stop saying things. Please take it away. Okay. So we were talking about basically your vision sounds like a cat sanctuary, a sanctuary for there are feral cat sanctuaries. Um, However, and this is important, um, you know, I always ask people to really be discerning because if you're going to rehome a cat, any cat, it's a very stressful thing for them. You know, um, that's why people, especially the outside cats, don't do it. That's why TNR releases the cat back to the same spot that you caught them in. 
um, that familiarity actually lends itself to their survival skills. So sanctuaries also vary. Like um, the good ones, in my opinion, the reputable ones, you're talking about $3,000 to drop off a cat. Although some of them, they go lower if the cat is older, but it's a lifetime of care basically that they're committing to. So it's food, it's water, it's medical. There are places that do it. Although I'm not a fan of it, they'll do it for like a couple of hundred bucks, but I really question what kind of medical attention I, I, last I checked, you, you can't get much done at a vet for 300 bucks. All right. So the better angle is let's do the TNR. What does that mean? Trap and release, right? Trap, neuter. Release, but there are situations. I'll give you an example. Um, Right now, unfortunately, in in your neck of the woods, Tommy, Nassau County, New York, um, the town of Hempstead ignored about for about four years, pleas from the neighbors over a woman who was um, mentally ill, basically, and she became a hoarder, a a cat hoarder. So finally, it got so bad that adult protective services was called. The woman was removed from her house against her own will. The house was condemned because it smelled that badly. They were going in with like hazmat suits. Wow. And they pulled out 86 cats. So one in a home, 86 cats, one, one home. Right. That's why you really can't do it all yourself, you know? And, um, so there are still some outdoor cats that she was feeding and putting food out for, but she's not there anymore. So what do you do? Situation, you know? They're out. These are outdoor feral cats. But, you know, what I would like to also get back to, Sonny, is um, because I think this is fascinating. You found a way. Tommy and I talk about this all the time, like to be a creative way to be a resource to this philanthropic cause or charity. Um, And you look, if we had a money tree, we'd give money to all these organizations all the time. Right. Um. But, you know, we talked about donating skills. Tommy just hooked up a charity with some stuff that they could really use, like social media, website, whatever. What you're doing is, to be clear, you have created a company. It sells coffee. And it's not a brick-and-mortar location, correct? Uh, that's correct. We, we deal with roasters on the West Coast and uh, in, in uh, Illinois. Um, but go ahead. Okay. And so I'm, this is what fascinates me. I think a lot of people, cause a lot of people are selling stuff online, whether it's on Etsy or eBay or whether they have some kind of an online store of their own. I hear a lot about like Shopify. So what you did was you have a, like a drop ship business and a percentage of proceeds go to these rescues. So you don't have like a garage full of coffee bags, right? Right. Yeah. I, we've got a garage full of stuff right now as it is, but if we yeah. had coffee bags, there wouldn't be any place for us to go. Right. Uh, <laughs> so basically the setup is I, I worked out with the arrangement uh, and I, I, I probably could have done it a little bit cheaper than I did, but you know, I'm still learning and just worked out the arrangement with these coffee uh, uh, roasters and came up with the logo and basically built the website so that when somebody orders, it sends uh, the it sends the order to the coffee roaster. They charge my credit card, and then um, I get charged the wholesale, and then I get deposited the uh, the retail price. So that and at the end of the month, as long as I remember to pay the credit card, I'm ahead of the game. So I don't have to do any actual order fulfillment. Uh, That's that is great. Are, are you using Shopify or for that? Yeah. Or? yeah. Oh, okay. you are. Do yeah. You Shop- Shopify. Yeah, I do. Uh, Shopify is the host. Um, they will build you a website if you ask them, or they will give you the platform to build your own. Um, uh, what other people do is they'll use something like uh, Wix and mm-hmm. They'll contact. What I would recommend is just basically it's just a affiliate affiliate marketing. Find some type of product for us. It was coffee, um, and basically uh, something that you use every day that you can talk about, and that um, basically just start the website, 
find an affiliate for whatever product it is that you're excited about and don't have a problem recommending to your friends or talking about. And inevitably, that company will have some type of affiliate program. So you basically, it's it's probably just a matter of copying whatever links that there is, getting a picture, posting it on your website. And when they click that special link that they give you, then you get a percentage of it. Um, and you can do it for That's so cheap. cool. I'm going sure, to share the website while you guys keep talking because the logo is really fun too. I want to talk about the logo, but please. Yeah, I, do. I, I think that is such a brilliant way of, you know, getting involved. Um, and I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I use affiliate link. I'm buy. I'm usually the buyer. I don't have any affiliate links that I'm selling stuff through, but I, one example I'll use, I use this one website all the time for recipes. Mm-hmm. And I think is completely brilliant. And she comes up with really good recipe ideas. She, I think I bought like the air fryer she recommended, mm-hmm. but you know, a couple of kitchen accessories that she recommended an immersion blender, whatever. And I don't have a problem with it because I look for people who are going to stand by, you know, their recommendations. I think that there's a lot of people who they have ideas for like t-shirt lines or, mm-hmm. you know, mugs or hats, whatever it is. And um, I think they should go for it. I really, really do. I'm such a believer of like now more than ever, this is the age of entrepreneurialism. And if you can... I know it takes a little bit of work up front, but if you can find a way to kind of have a, a an automatic pilot online business that also you can set, um, you know, to automatically donate to whatever cause that you want, I think that's fantastic. Well, it, it all gets back to what you said earlier about when you change the uh, uh, the angle of the event where it was. This is what I'm into: surfing and dogs. It's all about being high touch. And so whether it's network marketing or affiliate marketing, it's all about that connection with people that makes the difference. Um, I think that's, uh, I mean, we're still very small uh, we're by no means uh, able to fund lots of organizations, but um, we 10% of our profits go to um, that sad sack right now. Um, but we also contact other rescue organizations and say, Hey, I'll give you a special coupon code that you can promote. And then that way, when we have a sale, I know it came from you guys and then we'll give you 10% of of the proceeds. Um, I I love that. Who did this logo for you? The cat with the cup of coffee and the little like red cross above his head. (laughs) I, I, the, uh, I had somebody design that for me. I just came up with the idea. I said, this is what I want to do. This is what I want it to, uh, to kind of illustrate. And, uh, it didn't take very long. Is there any, um, is there any swag yet? Cause like, you know, obviously I'm, I'm willing to wear t-shirts. I'll I'll buy one. I just want to know, can I get my hands? Uh, I, I found a couple, I found a couple places that'll that I can now add do basically essentially do the print on demand type thing. Um, the the, uh, the coffee place used to offer, I mean, uh, the website used to offer coffee machines and things like that. But what I discovered was um, it wasn't automated. the The place that I got hooked up with was basically okay. We will sell the stuff, but you got to go find it on some place like Alibaba, and then it's coming from China, and it might take a month to get there. And I was like, that totally defeats the purpose of me creating this website is to basically, if the only thing I want to spend money on is advertising, uh, I don't want to have to take inventory. I don't want to have to do any searching down inventory, trying to put this person's order information in. And so that's why you don't see any of that extra stuff, but swag. Yeah, definitely. Swag is different print on demand. That's going to look great on a hoodie. Let's just, I'm just going to be honest. That big old cat with the, the (laughs) very fine. One thing really quick before we go to break. Imagine how much of a better world this world would be if every single person's business gave back something to whatever good cause. Absolutely. I I think it would be an incredible world, Val. I think imagine is the right word to use for that because it it would be a special world. Yeah. Let's, um, why don't, we're going to go to break. Val, bring us back from break. We'll be back in 90 seconds. Okay. You guys soon. <laughs> 
Join us every Tuesday at 4pm Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, owners of small businesses, and experts in psychology and behavior to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid, and what really happens. Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4pm, every Tuesday for the Mind Behind Leadership, here live on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. break and we were just talking about swag and you know what Tommy Demisa I think that the uh pals show needs a little swag what do you think need some merch well believe it or not I got a guy yeah that's a shout out to my buddy Fred Taffer uh Tombo Visual Creations down in uh, right outside of Philadelphia but he actually made the uh philanthropy and focus shirts that I that I tend to wear from time to time when I'm doing a day yeah. service what about our logo with a caricature of Valerie and a caricature of Tommy D? I think that's the I think that's the ticket. But we'll we'll have to maybe we'll do a, like a contest. Maybe we'll have some people do it, and then we'll ask people to say which logo do you like best. I actually uh, I created a logo. I I didn't do it. My brilliant graphic designer friend uh, did. She created nine versions, <clears throat> and I put it out there and I had like a poll, and uh, we picked the winning one together. That was fun. Yeah, that, that's our logo now, but I'm thinking I like the idea of you and me as characters on a hoodie. I'm just going to say it. It's not like the Avengers. Yeah, right. Well, pet, pet Avengers. What do we say? Unite. All we do, I'm Assemble. Doing, Assemble. Right. Assemble. Right. I said unite. I'm throwing out gang signs on, on the show here, folks. All right. <laughs> All right. One quick shout out, actually, before we get back to um, this is so important. Our prior guest, Tanya Dibel, rhymes with Bible. And um, her pet therapy dog, Boone, are going to find out in two days if they are the official, if Boone is the official American hero dog. There was like nine final categories. He already won therapy dog of the year. And uh, we're rooting for you, Boone, and we love you. Check him out on Instagram. Um, miracle dog named Boone or miracle named Boone. I'll get it for you before we break. But, um, but yeah, congrats to the, to the Bible rhymes like Bible family. Okay. So let's get back to this, Sonny. You want to talk about uh, was, well, you're an author. We should talk about that. That's another big deal. Is there anything you don't do? I mean, I'm really. (laughs) Yeah, I was afraid to give you my CV because it reads like a madman's journal. (laughs) Um, So I, let's see. I was head of internal investigations at Macy's down here in Virginia, where I would catch employees stealing. Yeah. 70% of all theft is from employees. I so, have a friend in loss prevention at coach and he relies very heavily on body. Line. Holy cow. Yeah. So that basically, I mean, even as a kid, I was kind of, uh, I was always uh, a watcher of people and I would make, judgments on people my and sometimes it would get me in trouble but a lot of the times it was right on um and then i got uh um i became a stage hypnotist 
I studied in in Las Vegas, and being able to read body language and being a hypnotist is a valuable skill because it helps you know when people are faking and when people are really in hypnosis. Um, yeah. And uh, so I'm still stage hypnotist. I still do shows. Just been obviously with the uh, the pandemic, it's uh, that's uh, was pretty much cut off for a while. I'm um, starting back up now. Um, but uh, I, in the process, I started working for the government as an analyst. And in the beginning, I was uh, basically embedded with uh, as a plainclothes observer, uh, looking for body language and high target areas uh, for people that were indicative of doing violence. So it was basically a counterterrorism unit. Wow. Um, and then I wrote a book on being able to read body language and used it for business and being able to develop rapport with people. What's the book's name? Uh, that, so if you type in my name, Sonny Nardoni and Swaymaker, uh, that's the name of the series. Swaymaker is the name of the series. And I think it's been a while since I've done a lot of promoting of the book, but Swaymaker book is Dot com is probably still up. Uh, we'll on Facebook for everybody as well. I, I I love body language. I love it. <laughs> it's, it's so much fun, and it's also a curse um, because you see stuff you don't really want to see. And you're like, oh wow, that person really has never liked me. <laughs> you know? uh, no, no kidding. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So well, I'm certainly not an expert, but I did a lot of research and reading on it. And I took, um, there was a small class that was actually done by Professor Rutgers. I was fascinated, fascinated by him. So I did a workshop in a networking setting and Mm -hmm. it was so much fun because um, I got this one gentleman up. uh, He stood up, he volunteered. And I said, okay, Bob, you know, don't worry. Like, I'm just going to ask you a series of questions and then I'm going to ask you to tell me the truth. Nothing invasive, you know, like, are you married or single? How many kids do you have? Stuff like that. And then afterwards, I said, okay, now I'm going to ask you the same questions, but you have to lie to me. So when in doing so, his body language, he blushed. I'll never forget this. He clenched his fists. All of a sudden, he was like really stiff. I asked him if he was married and the lie was, no, I'm single. I said, do you have any kids? He said, "Uh, yes. And then I go, how many? And he goes, 17 like he couldn't, he couldn't think and i go oh really wow i go what are their names and he started stamping his foot he's like joe tony mary so <laughs> oh, man he got up to like five i give him credit but it was hysterical to see like even yeah. though everyone knew, like you're expected to lie let's see what you got you mm-hmm. know but <laughs> You remember that movie with, with Goodwill Hunting when he names off all those 13 brothers and he got like every single one of them right? Mm-hmm. That kid was a genius, though. I think that's a little different. Yeah. Right. Tony, what were you going to say? Well, body language and hypnosis. Uh, I mean, well, body language is obviously mean, so subconscious um, and it really lends itself to being able to use hypnosis and learn watching how people talk. And of course, I'm Italian, so I have to talk with my hands. There's just no way around it. But. Um, knowing how somebody positions their body and talking with them, it, it, um, you can be able to utilize that to help build rapport on a subconscious level. I've used it several times. Um, I mean, it's just now part of what I do now when I talk with people. I mean, when you're talking about that, I mean, in sales, growing up in sales, they talked about like mirroring and stuff like that. Is that what kind of what you're referring to? Like you lean in, I lean in, you lean back, I, things like that. I, I'm, I'm guessing yeah. fundamental stuff there. It, th- yeah, that's that's part of it. It's also understanding when too much is too much. Uh, a great indicator of that is watching people's feet. So as a young man, if I wanted to go chat up a bunch of women, if I walked up to somebody and their feet weren't pointing toward me when I was talking to them or the group, any of those people I knew and never had a chance with, but if somebody was focused on me and their feet were pointed toward me, it means at least they were engaged and cared what I had to say. Wow. Um, that's pointing, right? Is that what that's called? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pointing. Yeah. I remember yeah. people listening can't hear, but this move was this thing where you would sit like this with your hands like this. This was like a very, what it projected, I remember, was very comfortable. I'm very comfortable in this mm-hmm. situation. And I go back to the 
veto books, Tony Perinello, the very important top officer. If you guys, any of your sales gang know about those books, but those were uh, veto being that acronym. But our, yeah, all that salesmanship, right? This plays into relationships and trust and all that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a deeper form of communication. It's very helpful. But like I said, sometimes it's a curse because you see things that you don't want to see or, and there's a whole other story that we don't have time for that really got me involved with that. But yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it can be a lot of fun. And it's a lot of fun watching interviews too, when you're, uh, especially political ones. The Clinton, the Clinton famous, I did not have sexual relationship with <laughs> But, but so, circling, circling back to the animals, you know, trainer and experts in behavior, right? They rely heavily, if not exclusively, on body language. Yeah. For you know, so they look at a dog's you know posture. They look at their ears. They look at their tails. Uh, body language. I think that if we all paid more attention to it, we would be uh, all for better off. You well, know. Paul Ekman tells a story in one of his books. He's the one that developed microfacial expressions, and he tells a story in a book of a professor who would go to the racetrack and look at the horses and be able to tell by their confidence level. And almost every time he could pick the winners just by looking at the body language of the horse. That's amazing. What? Oh my God. I've been donating way too much money. To <laughs> I need that. Book. I want your book too, Sonny, but I need that other book with the guy. who. <laughs> All right. We got it. We got to draw to a close. We're running out of time. Sonny's got a meeting. Valerie's got a meeting. I, I'll find something. Yes. What, what's it? What happened? He was a fabulous guest. Thank you so much. Yeah, so thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank we're you thrilled, so much. We're thrilled to have you. Well played on the, the, the wardrobe thing. You totally tripped me up. I'm, I'm still confused about what just happened with that, but I feel like I'm hypnotized. I don't even know if I was here for the show or if I was just... <laughs> okay, and we're back. Okay. Let me, let me introduce our guest. Oh, no, we did that. See, I'm... All right, this is the Professionals and Animal Lovers Show. That's Valerie. That's Sonny. I'm Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector. We hear every week. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Next week on the show, our friend Daniela Scala Nathan will be here, co-founder of Paw It Forward Pet Pantry. Paw It Forward. Cute, like the movie. Um, so I want to uh, – what am I supposed to – is there something in the chat, Val, I'm supposed to say? Uh, I mean, everyone, 10% off the coffee. Oh, 10% off the coffee. Go to com. If you use PALS, P-A-L-S. Use the coupon PALS, P-A-L-S. Long Island Railroad, how could I be here without you? Thanks for being here, Long Island Railroad. Go to <laughs> go to the uh, go to the website, petrescuecoffee.com. Use the code PALS, P-A-L-S, for 10% off. Thank you for being here, Sonny. Here's what I tell you. I leave you all with this. Thanks for listening. In his total commitment to nonviolence, Gandhi always included the animals, stating the greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. Thank you. Good day. Bye. And- you're listening to talk radio nyc uplift educate empower run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night live, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you feel uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? 
Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.